it's going to end on a double doink. Doink. Live in the entertainment capital of the world. That's what you want to know? It's the T.C. Martin Show. Yeah, I don't know. That idea. Diagnosis. I had an idea and then, uh... Prognosis. Yeah, I take the serious. Osmosis. Why, it's funny? It wasn't, it wasn't funny. I wasn't laughing about anything. Yeah. It's not funny. It's not fun. Nothing's funny. Don't you ever talk about me. Yeah, I don't know. That idea. That's the result you won't get. It's the doctor, T.C. Martin. Don't go out there and laugh. laugh the doctor laugh. is now in. Glad to have you with us. It is a Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. Terrible Tuesday. Take it for what you want. Of course, plenty of terrible Tuesday takes. You know how we roll here as we vent our frustrations on what we've seen in the sporting world the last couple days. T.C. Martin, Ballpark VGK Frank in the house. Nunchuck on the other side of the glass, making it all happen. Two hours, again, of nonstop sports talk coming your way. Today, jam-packed show. A good friend, Tracy Murray, the UCLA prodigy, the UCLA Bruin Hall of Famer, and the current UCLA color analyst on their basketball network. He will join us today as we talk NBA, kind of picking up where we left off yesterday, talking about Andre Drummond, Blake Griffin, and uh, this is getting more and more coverage now. Draymond Green coming out. Given his opinion last night after the Warriors played the Cleveland Cavaliers where Andre Drummond was sitting on the bench, not dressed. So you hear from Draymond Green today. We'll talk to Tracy Murray about all that, plus some college basketball and more. The Las Vegas Aces point guard, the shooting star Kelsey Plum, she will join us today. She's fresh back in Vegas, her and Asia Wilson. And also Chelsea Gray, the newest member of the Las Vegas Aces, back in town after spending four days at USA's basketball's training camp as they get ready for the 2021 Olympic Games in Tokyo. So that uh, still sounds strange, talking about that. So we've got that, a whole lot more. And plus, um, we will talk to Ricky Reynolds. And we had Ricky on the show, again, a... uh, um, great guy, another guy from, from Sacramento who played uh, many, many years with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers back in the day, and he is in the Tampa Bay media along with our friend T.J. Reeves back there right now. Uh, Ricky does the pre- and post-game show with the Fox News affiliate there in Tampa, and we wanted to get his thoughts today on some of the um, the tragic news that came out yesterday, which we will talk about uh, at length today with Vincent Jackson being found dead in his hotel room. So we'll get... Uh, Ricky Reynolds' thoughts on that uh, from Tampa Bay. So, yeah, a lot to do, a lot to talk about. VGK back in action again tonight as well, too, at the Fortress, the Empty Fortress, as they will take on the Colorado Avalanche. So, a lot to talk about, my friend. What's going on? Oh, just, uh, you know, trying to uh, refocus myself after a long night of watching tennis again. (laughs) So, uh, the Djokovic... uh, uh, Alexander Sasha Zverev match didn't end until after five thirty in the morning, so you know that was kind of uh, kind of crazy. Uh, not really competitive matches on the ladies' side. Never seen Osaka dominate Susue yeah. uh so easily, and uh, Serena just outpowered Simona Halep in her match. But uh, and then Djokovic freaks out in the third set, smashes his racket, does damage to the court, brought back his focus, and then Zverev choked, which is what Zverev does in majors. So. Yeah, did a lot of that, and I'll be watching some tennis tonight, and then uh, also uh, checking out the VGK game as well. So. so, you know, they do have this invention called, like, a DVR. I where, don't have one. Where 
Really? No. Okay. No. If I don't see it live, I don't see it. Yeah. Unless I see it on on demand or something. Can like we that. can can we get him a DVR or something like that? Because this way you could actually record it in the middle of the night. You can go Betty by at a decent hour. Then you can get up early in the morning, and then you can watch it then. And you know what? You can watch it quicker because you can fast forward through all the commercials and then all these lengthy delays. I like watching sports live. I know. I, I'm with you. I'm with you. And speaking of the delays, I was watching. The Australian Open, you know, last night, the quarterfinals when, you know, we had the injury there. I'm going like, okay, this this thing's is, is, is taking a while. But and that was pretty sad uh, as well too. But uh, but yeah, it's 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 getting uh, go time there. So you know, down to the semifinals and everything. And I I saw some of that Osaka match like you talked about, just phenomenal, just yeah. phenomenal. No, she she's a tremendous player. It's almost sad to see her and Serena playing in the semifinal. Because it should really be a finals match. But Ashley Barty's the number one seed. Uh, she'll be playing uh, Mukova tonight. And if she wins that, then she'll be playing uh, one of the Americans, either Jennifer Brady or the daughter of the owners of the uh, Bills, Buffalo right? Bills yeah. and Buffalo Sabres, uh, Jessica Pagula. And they're really good friends, too. So that should be an interesting match because they've known each other for a long, long time. But, uh, yeah, I, I thought Serena looked really good. Osaka, I thought, looked sensational. Uh, they've played three times in the past. Mm-hmm. Naomi Osaka's won two of the three, but Serena did win the last one they played there. So we'll see what happens. But, yeah, I mean, I, I love my Australian Open tennis. It uh, mm-hmm. gives me something to do late at night. Sometimes they go a little bit too long. I was actually just almost glad that it didn't go to the fifth set because <laughs> if Severa wouldn't have choked, it probably should have. It is nice to see the Americans back into play here, especially on the female side. I wish we had there were more Americans on the man's side. Again, I think that would really captivate uh, this audience because, again, you know, you know, tennis ratings have been down in this country for a long, long time, and I, and I purely put that on us not having the the type of guys that we used to have, you know, back in the day. It, it's been quite some time because been a long it, time since Sampras and Agassi ruled the roost. Really, really, and really after that, I mean, you you can't point to really anybody, can you? Well, I mean, I, I know some of the players. I know, but I'm you talking know? about I mean, just. I mean, Isner's always been a big hitter. Andy Roddick uh, had that potential Roddick, right. to be one of those guys right. or something. But yeah, they it, it, it hasn't panned out, and uh, they they just haven't gotten it done. And of course, the big three have dominated for so long. Yeah. Djokovic, Nadal, and Federer have just absolutely owned tennis for more than a decade. So. Yeah, that is crazy. But we've seen that a lot over in the past decades with tennis where you would have two or three guys just really dominate, not just for a couple years or five years, but like you said, for for about ten years. Yeah. yeah. That's the nature of that sport. Yeah. So, yeah, but, but yeah, no, no. I mean, I, I, I really enjoy watching the tennis, obviously, and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens tonight. I mean, I, I really think Serena and Osaka is going to be an incredible match. Those two, they like each other and they respect each other, but when they are on the court, it is no holds yeah. barred. Yeah, great stuff. Okay, like I said, Tracy Murrow will join us uh, next hour. Ricky Reynolds as well, too. Kelsey Plum, the bottom of this hour as we talk aces. And the aces, as we know, have a new owner in Mark Davis, and they're also going to have a new practice facility right next to the Raiders compound there in west henderson so that's going to be nice so henderson becoming quite the little sporting mecca yeah it is right exactly got the raiders facility now the aces got the silver knights there who says that tj reeve says that the uh tampa is the epicenter of sports right i'm gonna go with henderson what do you think of that Mm, might disagree slightly (laughs) (laughs) it's terrible tuesday that's terrible Things gone wrong in the sporting world. 
That's a terrible idea. I want to know what the hell he's smoking. Something stinks in here. That's terrible. <laughs> it's Terrible Tuesday. Things gone wrong in the sporting world. Okay, very, very sad news that we uh, mentioned here at the top of the show. Uh, Vincent Jackson found dead in a hotel room in Tampa, Florida. Uh, the body was found at approximately 11.30 a.m. yesterday at the Homewood Suites in Brandon, Florida. Police said there was no apparent signs of trauma, and the Hillsborough County Medical Examiner's Office uh, will determine the cause of death. So an investigation has been launched by the Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office. And according to the hotel staff, uh, Jackson... Um, who lived in Tampa, lived in South Tampa, actually, checked into this hotel room on January the 11th, and he had been staying in this room since that date. Uh, Jackson's family reported him missing last Wednesday, and a formal report was filed on Thursday. Police located Jackson at the Homewood Suites on Friday. Uh, The missing persons case was canceled after Jackson's well-being was confirmed. And uh, then... A maid or someone in the housekeeping department found his body. Still not a lot of details. Uh, I reached out to T.J. Reeves yesterday when this story broke. Um, He actually did not want to come on the air and talk about this just because he said people are shocked. Because Vincent Jackson, now if you remember the career of Vincent Jackson, he had a 12-year career as a fantastic wide receiver. One of the best wide receivers that we've seen over the last, you know, 15 years or so. Had 540 catches, over 9,000 yards, 57 touchdown catches. He was selected to three Pro Bowls. He was drafted by the Chargers. Had a very good career. Spent half his his career, I believe, six years with the Chargers, then the last six with Tampa. But not only was he just a great player, but people that knew him said that this guy was just a great guy. And he also was nominated four times for the Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year. So this is a tragic story for people in Tampa, I mentioned you know, Ricky Reynolds, who also works in the media there in Tampa, former uh, Buccaneers player. He is willing to come on and talk about it, but there are a lot of people that are really shook about this story, and we still don't have all the details. Yeah, and, and of course, I mean, there's an investigation going on, so uh, more details will come out, I'm sure, and maybe TJ or somebody else will want to come on after they find a little bit more, and the initial shock of it has um, you know, passed a little bit. You mentioned the Walter Payton Award, and for those people out there that aren't really that familiar with it, they hear about it every year, but it's basically the Humanitarian Award. It's the people that do the most for their communities and other people, and they're giving and they're caring, and they do so much more. It goes way beyond the gridiron and the football field and everything. So that tells you what a class individual this person was in that. It also shows you, you know, I mean, and, and not to get on a soapbox or nothing here, but, you know, in, enjoy life. You, you, you never know what's going on. You never know what's going on with somebody else. You know, wave to somebody, say hello, call a friend or something like that, because 38 years old, you know, it, it, it's shocking and like you said, it's shocking to a lot of people down there. But uh, just a sad, sad story. Uh, we get more information. Hopefully there's no foul play or anything like that going on here. But, uh, again, at this point it's an open investigation. Mm. But uh, j- just a shocking news and a, and a sad story regardless of what all the circumstances mm. come out to be in the long run. So we're we're hearing that the reason why he was living in this hotel room for the past month was because he was estranged from his wife and his family. So we don't know if there were personal issues there. We're not going to you know, suspect anything with that and, and try to project anything with that. But I know that people have said that uh, you know, when Tampa was hosting the Super Bowl that he was actually doing interviews. 
And I know one reporter said he just interviewed him three weeks ago, and he noticed something was a little bit different with Vincent Jackson. So, again, probably a, a lot of stuff personal going on in his life. Uh, don't know exactly what the cause of death is. Don't know if it was suicide, foul play, natural causes. We have no idea. Not going to speculate at this point in time. But uh, just very sad news, again, that Vincent Jackson, not only just a great wide receiver, but just a a great person from what we understand, uh, found dead in a hotel room in Tampa, Florida at the age of 38. Okay, let's bring it back to some college basketball. I saw two of the worst games that I've seen in such a long time. How ironic is this? They were both on Sunday afternoon while I'm flipping the channels because, of course, it was the first Sunday without football in the past, whatever, five or six months, right? It's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while. And I did watch the Wisconsin-Michigan game. I think we touched upon briefly yesterday. Yeah, that Michigan, was, nice comeback it, for them. It was a great comeback, and they, like the Colorado Avalanche, hadn't played in two-plus weeks, and uh, they got the job done. But after that game, I'm trying to find something to watch, and I'm thinking, okay, Marquette and Seton Hall. I'll watch a little bit of this. I tortured myself in this one, Frank. Marquette and Seton Hall. The final score, 57-51, the Hall. How are these for shooting percentages? Marquette missed 16 straight three-point attempts. 16 threes in a row they missed, and half these, they weren't even close. There were air balls. It was a joke. How about these shooting stats? Marquette, 3 for 26 from beyond the arc. Uh, do the math, my friends. That's 12%. When was the last time you heard 12% from beyond the arc? Seton Hall, not much better. 4 for 15. That's 27%. So in a 40-minute basketball game, these two teams combined for seven three-pointers. And the overall field goal percentage, not much better. Marquette, 18 for 61. That's 26%. Seton Hall, 20 for 54. 37%. Just some atrocious, bad basketball. So if you don't think that was bad enough, flipping the channel back and forth, I go watch the end of the Loyola Chicago game against Drake. Oh, final score. This goes into overtime. 51 to 50. Like, what are we watching here? Loyola from three, four for 20, 20%. Drake, three for 18, 17%. Field goals, Loyola, 20 for 58. Drake, 19 for 57. That's 34 and 33%, uh, respectfully. Both games on at the same time during that one o'clock hour. I don't know what it was about that time of day or whatever, but where is the shooting gone? Where have the fundamentals gone? These were two atrocious basketball games from teams. Maybe all four could be in the NCAA tournament. Well, I know Loyola is one of those teams that a lot of people are talking about. In fact, yep. I just read an article on them before Sunday's game that you saw yep. there, and I did see that score of 51-50 and thought, yikes, a little bit. Yep. But they were saying, sleeper to make the final four. Check out this Loyola Rambler team. They got a lot of talent there. But it also shows in this day and age – Teams live by the three, and if you're not hitting them, then you also die by the three, and you can have some really bad basketball games. That obviously it was. Drake, well, when a school's known for the, the most known that they are athletically is the Drake Relays, their annual uh, track and field event. 
you know, eh, maybe that tells you something that their other teams aren't quite as good. But, but yeah, the, but no, Drake is very no, good. No, no, I know Drake I, has been the, good. In I the think past. Drake. Is, I think Drake is like twenty and two this year. Yeah, and, I mean, and Loyola yeah. was ranked. I believe Loyola yeah, they was like twenty second or they, something. They both like that. were. They both were. That's yeah. why this was a big series, you know, for that conference. Well, but but again, it shows that you know yeah. when you're cold, you're cold. And as far as you know, you know what a ray of sunshine I am. I'm always looking for the positive in life. Oh yeah, that's you. Maybe not, but uh, <laughs> but but when you're saying that Marquette was 0-16, see, I'm looking at it going, well, if they were three for 26, that means that they were three for their other 10, so it wasn't nearly as bad. <laughs> atrocious, <laughs> atrocious, and this is just these two games. I mean, we're seeing it night in and night out. I mean, just the the way. You know, college basketball and the NBA is this way as well, too, where everyone, we always talk about it. Three happy. We, there's got to be some changes made here. But this is its some atrocious basketball. Get this out of your system, guys, before the tournament starts. You want me to tell you a change I'm never going to do? Yeah. Get rid of the three-point line. Oh, no, of course not. I mean, they yeah. fell in love with it. I remember back when there wasn't a three-point line. Okay, I'm old enough to remember that. And I used to think, wow, the ABA is cool with the three-point yeah. line. It has changed and in some ways, to me, ruined basketball. Yeah. It's a slam-dunk three-point shooting contest out there. They're not even having a special night for that in the NBA this year. They're playing it the same day yeah. as the All-Star game. Get rid of it. Play real basketball yeah. again. More, more discussion on I'm that. I'm the grumpy old that. white guy. There, there it is. You just <laughs> like the red, white, and blue ball. Hey, um, you know how you love those uh, fights? With people that aren't fighters? No, no, I, I don't. That's that. You have me confused with either Heidi Fang, Brian Salmon, or yourself. Actually, I have or Nunchuck. Actually, I have you confused with almost nobody I know because there. none of us really like these Thank things. You. But there's another one coming up. Uh, please, not again. Are you serious? Do you know who Aaron Carter is? Aaron Carter. Who's he play for? Aaron Carter is a rapper. He's <laughs> a 33 year old 5'11 rapper. Well, he's got a fight coming up June 12th at the Showboat Casino in Atlantic City. The Showboat. Where's the Showboat in Vegas? I miss it. Yeah, it went away a long, long time ago. <laughs> Dang. He is fighting a guy who says that he is going to get redemption for the NBA and the vicious knockout of Nate Robinson. 5'11", 33-year-old Aaron Carter is fighting none other than six foot, 10-inch, 41-year-old, Lamar Odom. No. Lamar Odom says, hey, Carter's in trouble. I used to box when I was with the Lakers and stuff. I've been boxing for a long time. I'm pretty good with both hands. I'm ready to rock and roll here. So Aaron Carter says, yeah, well, I'm a boxer, so let's bring it or whatever. Odom says, can you use both hands? They're ready to throw down in the showdown at the showboat. <laughs> June the 12th, Atlantic City, Lamar Odom and Aaron Carter in a fight that I had no idea it was going on, and I couldn't give a damn less about it. Why are we still doing this garbage? You're fired up or you're angry because... It, it, I'm angry. It, yeah, I can tell. Is this Aaron Carter or Lamar Odom singing this? Well, give me some Aaron Carter. Let's go. I actually don't mind this. This is kind of like a little throwback to the 80s. It is, right? A little school? Are you, but, okay. I have to ask, and I'm shut. You sure you got the right thing? Because you're known for playing the wrong tracks here. Okay, so this is interesting. So Lamar Odom. Now let's let's remember Lamar Odom was near death, as we know, here in in Pahrump, Nevada, years ago. As we remember, a bit of partying at um, one of the uh, local brothels. Well, not quite local, but yeah, the brothels. And you know the story. You know, I I had um, the owner on. 
And un- unfortunately, he he passed away after he was running for mayor. Right. R- r- remember that. Yes. Uh, and, and they still talked about giving him the mayorship after he died there in Nye County, if you remember that story. But anyway. Oh, I, I certainly do, yes. Yeah. yeah. Like, hey, you know. Yeah, Dennis he, Hoff, man. He, even dead, uh, he's still better than anything yeah. else we have out but, here. And I remember when Dennis Hoff came on the show and he he went details about He goes, Lamar Odom spent seventy five grand. Had all the drugs going, passed out, drugs, he was alcohol, dead, everything. all the hookers, every, oh, yeah. everything. I mean, it yeah. was party yeah. time. Yeah. Chloe actually felt so bad that she kind of reconnected with him for a while. Right, exactly. And, well, it was nice that, that he has bounced back. I mean, again, to get in a boxing ring, you've got to be in very good shape, my friend. So I'm very, I'm kind of curious just to see Lamar Odom. Not this other Ham and Ager, whose music I kind of like there. But I am curious to see what Lamar Odom looks like. I might... You know, have uh, you know Armando go to the wallet? I might 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 crash over there and go watch it. The only thing that I'm curious about in this is six eleven against six ten against five eleven. The reach on Odom's got to be incredible. What's Carter going to do to get but inside? Do they weigh the same? I, I it, it, they did not list the weights. Oh. I don't think it matters. It's a celebrity oh, this event. Is ridiculous. Okay, that's enough. Oh this. wow, a celebrity boxing match <laughs> is ridiculous. Oh, that's not exactly breaking news. No, but you have to be in the same weight category. Hence, a boxing match. You got to be within. Okay, we're going to go. Remember celebrity. the original UFCs in that? Those guys, they didn't have weight categories back then. Yeah, I know. I know. 167 pounds. Hoist Gracie fought a 400 pounder. I know. And uh, Uriah Faber went through that early in his career as well, too. DJ Penn used to fight a lot of people. Now he's fighting people getting knocked out in bars. But that's why the states wouldn't sanction that. So who knows? Crazy stuff. Atlantic City, my friend. Uh, (laughs) This is true. All right. I don't know if you saw this the other night. And I'm going to mention this to to Double B. Uh, Watching a little hockey the other night and watching uh, Boston against the Rangers. That's right. I do watch a little bit more than just the the Vegas Golden Knights, you know. Uh, The Boston goalie, who you know very well, Tuka Rask. Yes, the guy who left the bubble last year. Not only did he leave the bubble last year, but he left the ice. He left the ice with a minute to go, and the game was tied at three. Tuka Rask starts making a mad dash to the bench. Everyone's going, what are you doing? Get back, get back. And he's pointing like, what, what, what? Look at the scoreboard. And he looked up and he's like, three, oh, I thought it was three, two. I thought we were down. And he hustled back. Didn't cost him at that point in time. But Tuka Rask, what are you thinking? The game is tied and he's hustling off the ice as a goalie. How can you not know what the score is in the final minute of the game? Well, it sounds to me like Tuca was tuking a little bit before the game or between periods or something. But um, but no, yeah, and, and he admit, he laughed about it afterwards. He said, oh. yeah, I admitted it. I, I, I forgot the score. And I saw that story, and I saw him leaving the ice, and I saw him laughing about it, and I thought, okay, I can see how in the heat of battle you can forget. You're the go- you look up at the scoreboard before you go to the ice. Plus, your teammates is, aren't going like when we get possession, go down there or whatever. He's really lucky and fortunate that they didn't get an empty net yeah. goal when he was leaving the ice. It, it, I've never seen anything like that right. before, although something tells me I'm sure it has happened. But, um, yeah, Tuka Rask, uh, it, it was an interesting situation. It didn't cost anybody, so he can have a good laugh about it. But, yeah, it, if you ever aren't sure of the score before you leave the net, the scoreboard's literally right in front of you. But here's the thing. It's hockey. It's not like basketball where we saw this happen with J.R. Smith and the you know again game's not one seventeen one fourteen whatever basket after basket there's six goals scored and you should know how many you gave up again you know what is happening in the game that's why it's so strange for me 
I don't think I've ever seen anything like this in hockey ever where you don't know the score. Basketball, we've seen it. Football, we've seen it. We saw Tom Brady this year. He thought, oh, well, fourth down, right? Oh, what That was fourth down? What? Are you, are you kidding me? So it's very rare. But hockey, I don't think ever, especially from a goalie's perspective. Yeah, I think we saw officials forget how many downs there was years ago in a college football yeah. game with Colorado. So, uh, you, know, there's, you know, it's true. You know, it does happen. But Mike yeah, Pritchard game, by know, the way. May, he was may, in that game. Maybe he thought one of the goals had been disallowed. Yeah. Maybe he wasn't sure he didn't see the goal like go on. Maybe it was early in the game and he couldn't yeah. remember back that far. But I don't know. But no, you're right. It, it's, it's really, it's very unusual. Yeah. But in the heat of the moment, it happened. Again, the fortunate thing for him is it didn't cost his team. There you go. All right. <laughs> kind of in the same vein here. I don't know what made me look at this, but I was going through my Twitter feed the other day, and I saw a tweet from Bark Andre Fleury. Now, now look, the look on Frank's face right now is priceless because it's just like mine, and we have talked about this before. Where Bark Andre Fleury, I'll let you tell the story. It's a it's a dog. First, first, first off, go ahead. You got to get his name right. What? It's Bark Andre Furry. It is bark. Okay, it's a dog. Yeah. All right, Be- because because well, otherwise there would have been could there, there could have been legal okay. reper, right. repercussions so, in that. So I, it's bark. Andre furry, furry, furry. Okay, and you can explain briefly to our audience that don't know who this dog is or what it's all about or his owner, right? And uh, then I'll, I'll get to to the punchline. Well, it, it's basically a dog who became real popular. He was on NHL Network. He did a lot of uh, different things, ESPN and that. And, you know, he was always over at City National Arena. Uh, kind of got, like you said, his own Twitter account and everything. Yeah. Became very, very famous. Was not the dog's name for the first multiple years <laughs> of his life. Yes. Uh, the owner basically rode the VGK um popularity wave and renamed the yeah. dog Bark Let, Andre let's, Furry. Let's call it like it is. This is an owner who basically wanted to take advantage for his own fame, not the dog's fame, his own fame, and all this crap. All right? He's got 12.3 thousand followers. Oh, How I, does a dog have 12.3 thousand followers? Are you kidding me? And he's posting this stuff like the picture of the dog and the dog said this and this and that. And I'm reading this. I'm going... What is wrong in this world when this dog, this isn't Lassie, my friend. It isn't Rin Tin Tin. I mean, it's, it's, it's something that's made up here. 12.3 thousand followers? Am I jealous? Of course. I'm surprised that it's only that many. I, I would imagine that it was probably more than that, especially in season one when he was very popular. I've seen remotes that had posters that said, Appearance by Bark Andre Furry. Uh, and we talk about dogs with it. Exactly. Remember one of the things that Jake Paul said about some of the fighters that he was talking yeah. about? My dog has more. Jake Paul's dog has over a million followers. <laughs> Novak Djokovic's dog has well over a million followers wow. on his own page in that. Okay. So it's not that. So 12 point, whatever, 12,000 or whatever? Yeah. <laughs> in, in, in the animal kingdom world, it ain't that many. Well, those guys are national. This is a little local story, so that's against that's the most popular team in Vegas. <sighs> All right. All right. Well, you know, my least favorite athlete, maybe of all time, is back in the news. He doesn't want to be known as Pac Man anymore. Oh, no. But Pac Man Jones has had another incident at 108 a.m. At the Clutch Bar near Cincinnati, Ohio. Of course, in Cincinnati. Pac-Man got into an altercation with a bouncer. Now, he went on a local show 
I'm not going to give these ham and eggers the credit yeah. and say who they are in that because they're, they're like all living it up and like almost having his side in that. He claims that he was requesting a song from the DJ and he turned around and the bouncer was beating up his little brother. Well, now there's video out that people are throwing chairs all over the place and they, all hell broke loose at this bar. The person that shot the video has come out and told TMZ, no, Pac-Man and his crew had left the place. They were coming back, and they didn't want them back in because there was some trouble going on earlier. Pac-Man and his people basically forced themselves in. He got into a shouting match with the DJ there, and then all hell broke loose. The bouncer came up and grabbed him. Pac-Man turned around, punched the bouncer, knocked him to the ground, kicked him in the head repeatedly, knocking him unconscious. Uh, he went to jail for it. Now, it is still an ongoing investigation, so maybe there was some other reason. Maybe something else provoked him. But Pac-Man Jones, once again in the news, this is the guy that caused the trouble out here in Vegas mm -hmm. during the NBA weekend, uh, had the thing at the airport where he punched the guy. Oh, and also you might remember that uh, in 2019, in a uh, Indiana casino, yes, he was found guilty of felony cheating. And if you see the video, you literally see him playing blackjack, and he makes the bet, and he's, he's got a winning hand, and he slips the yeah. other coin in there. You can clearly see it on the video. This guy is a piece of absolute garbage. Yes, yes. And again, a guy is in, basically was involved in a murder here in Vegas and uh, in and out of jail problems. And again, you mentioned Cincinnati, just like Adrian Broner. These guys are two of the same. And Broner's now coming back and Showtime is, is trying to oh, promote this. Oh, I got something on, on him yeah, too. Yeah. yeah, so it's just... Is, is he you, his latest the, thing? The, the Cincinnati goofballs. Oh yeah, he's got in trouble again uh, just a couple days ago. Well, yeah, so did, you want to hit it real quick. Okay, yeah. yeah. He, he recently just said, for anybody that thinks he's over the hill... He's going to be getting back in the ring soon. And if you don't think that he's great and that he's going to be number one again, you can eat a D and put gravy on it. Right, exactly. Yes. Uh, I had a couple experiences with that clown uh, in Cincinnati as well as here. You talk about piece of garbage. These guys are two of the same. And by far, they are the two leaders of Terrible Tuesday. Now, they should have a celebrity boxing yeah. match to the death. Yeah. <laughs> Just my opinion, not that uh, of the T.C. Martin Show. There you go. All right. Uh, if you got some uh, Terrible Tuesday takes, hit us on Twitter at VGK Frank or at T.C. Martin 21. When we come back, Kelsey Plum is going to join us. The sharpshooter from the Las Vegas Aces. Always fun talking with her. She just got back from Columbia, South Carolina with Team USA training camp uh, aplenty. Plus, we'll talk about the new owner of the Aces, the new practice facility. A whole lot to talk about there. Glad to have you with us on a terrible Tuesday. You're listening to some bullshit on the TC Monitor. All right, don't forget, get on over to any of the William Hill Sportsbook properties and take advantage of the mobile app. That's right. If you don't have the mobile app yet, it's so easy to download. Download on your phone first. Head on over to the Cosmopolitan or any of the William Hill Sportsbook properties. Use that promo code TC50. Get $53 in your account. That's right. Deposit at least 50. Get an additional 50 for FRWE. You got to like that. You can bet on the NBA, college basketball, Australian Open as we get ready for the semifinals and the finals this yes. coming weekend. It's all there for you. But use that promo code TC50 at the William Hill Sportsbooks, the William Hill mobile app. 
so easy to use. Like my buddy back home used to say, if it's free, it's for me. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> exactly. All right. It is time to talk a little WNBA hoops and uh, a little bit more as uh, one of our favorites, the Las Vegas Aces point guard, the sharpshooter herself. Uh, I don't know if she's still college basketball's all-time leading scorer, but if she's not, I'm going to say she is because why not, you know. <laughs> Kelsey Plum in the house. What is going on, KP? T.C. Martin, what's up, man? What? How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. So I know you were traveling, just got back from Columbia, South Carolina. How in the heck are you doing? Oh, man, yeah. I was at, I was out there with USA Basketball. Uh, we had a camp. Um uh, Asia was there as well. Got to see her statue. That was pretty cool. Um, and yeah, we had camp for a couple of days and got back and all healthy, cleared, ready to go. All right, that's what I want to talk with you about. Let's get a health update. We know that you've been rehabbing your Achilles injury. Uh, unfortunately, you missed all of last season. So give our our listeners and those Las Vegas Aces fans an update on how you're doing. Yeah, so I am 100% cleared. I was cleared a couple weeks before camp, so just kind of was working into that. Um, you know, Achilles rehab process is pretty long and tedious, but I'm super grateful. I have, you know, a ton of staff and, you know, the aces and people that have helped me, and um, and I'm better than I was before, and I, I'm just super excited to show people that uh, um, an Achilles tear is not the end of the world these days. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned USA Basketball, the training camp, as we get ready for the Olympic Games in 2021. That seems strange that we're having the Olympic Games in 2021, but of course, because of COVID, it's postponed a year. You mentioned you, Asia Wilson was there, a part of this uh, uh, training camp uh, to hopefully be selected for the U.S. Olympic team. And also your new teammate, Chelsea Gray, who came over from the Sparks, uh, part of 19 players invited to the four-day camp. Head coach Don Staley, give us your highlights of this camp. Oh, gosh, it was a ton of fun. You know, it was the first time we've seen Chelsea since uh, you know, the move has been made. And what a great addition she's going to be to our franchise. Um, it's just really competitive, you know. You know, for me, it's the first time I've really been able to compete since I've probably the last playoffs. And so I think I just was so excited. I was kind of chomping at the bit. I was talking trash the whole time. Um, just because, you know, it's been so long. Like, I, I think that I had so much fun in just the little things and um, played really well. And like I said, just super excited to be around my new teammates and, um, you know, have a great season this year. So, in other words, you're back to normal. I mean, your game's back to normal. You're talking trash. So, it's the, it's the normal KP10 is what you're telling me, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, pretty much. I, I feel... Uh, you know, my body's changed a little bit, so I feel like I'm in better shape. I'm, I've been able to build up my strengths. I'm a lot stronger than I've been um, in the past. But, yeah, my personality and everything's back and um, just having fun with it. All right. You sound great. I can tell you're smiling. That's awesome. Kelsey Plum joined us, the Las Vegas Aces point guard, T.C. Martin Show, along with Ballpark Frank. Obviously, it's exciting, and you're playing with some of your teammates there, and you're looking forward to what you guys can do together on the court trying to get that championship here to Las Vegas and be the first major league team to do that. But aside from that, what was it like playing with some of the other players in that camp, players that you normally play against, and was there anybody that you really went, wow, I'm so glad that I finally get to play with her because I've always admired her game or think that I can add to it? Yeah, I uh, we had a roster when we were playing a scrimmage, and it was 
Asia Wilson, myself, um, and NECA Ogumake. Yeah. And NECA is just like one of the most fun people to play with because she's so active. She runs the floor really hard. Um, she's super active on de- defense and like has a ton of energy. So we, we had a blast. Like the, the three of us, it was just like we're going high low, we're going inside. We're picking and rolling, like we're trapping everything. So that was a ton of fun. I love playing with her. So you were with the best of the best in the WNBA at this camp. Again, 19 of you guys vying for 12 spots. I'm curious, what is the talk and the opinion of those players that you were worth in camp about the Aces? Yeah, I think that there's been a ton of moves made in this offseason, not just the Aces, but, you know, everyone else in uh, the league. So I think, you know, everyone, as they should, feels like they've given themselves the best chance to win it. Um, But we're really focused on us, and we know that if we take care of business, it doesn't really matter what anyone else does. No, but what I'm saying here, Kelsey, is that, okay, so we know that when we hosted the All-Star game here, people really got a chance to to see Vegas for a few days and, and, and witness everything. All these guys have been opponents playing at Mandalay Bay in the house and all that sort of thing. And they've seen the moves that the Aces have made, not just this year, but in years past as well, too. And it seems that there is a, a respect there for a franchise that, you know, really is still very, very young. I, I'm just curious about, like, when you're with all these superstars – what's the talk about Las Vegas and about the organization and the aces? Is there kind of some, some envy there that like, wow, I mean, you're, you're kind of lucky or does anybody really talk like that? Um, I don't think people really talk like that. I do know what you mean though. And I do think that there's a admiration and respect for the way that Las Vegas treats its players. The fans are so supportive. And like you said, you know, we had an opportunity to host the all-star game. And so people are, getting their eyes open to facilities and what things that should look like uh, for professional athletes. But, you know, as women, we don't experience it as much. And I just think it was really cool. And I think that other franchises take note of that and they elevate their game um, because, you know, like in Chelsea Gray noticed it and she wanted to come here. So I think that's like a perfect example. You mentioned to getting back to what things should look like and it looks like there's going to be a percentage of fans allowed at uh, Golden Knights games here soon at T-Mobile Arena. Looks like people are starting to come back to some of the uh, the sporting events. How much does your fan base mean to you, and how excited are you guys to be playing again in front of your fans? Because as good as you are on the court, they give you that little bit even extra sometimes, and that could be one of the keys to you guys winning a championship. Oh, I think there's no doubt that we have the best fans in the league, and so – just us being able to have even like a fourth of the capacity or just just a little bit of people that brings that energy and uh, I think that we just we know how important it is to the city of Vegas and um, to us as a team to connect and we've missed that during this pandemic so that would be great news for us if we got fans in the seats um, and they're loud I'm sure they'll make up for the loss the loss uh, you know. <laughs> The lost other seats in the in the stadium, but uh, again, that would be kind of a dream come true for us. All right, as we know, there's in off season. There's always transition. The roster never stays the same, and you know this better than anybody. This is a business, and unfortunately, there's going to you know there is a little turnover in roster, and Kayla McBride 
K-Mac, uh, no longer a member of the Aces. She signed uh, with the Minnesota Lynx. Uh, give us some thoughts when you heard that news, and, and have you talked to K-Mac lately? Yeah, you know, it's tough. I think that people have to make the best decisions, what they feel is best for them and their family, and I think that Caleb felt like, um, you know, I don't want to speak for her, but I think she felt like it was time to go in a different direction. And, you know, I think that as a franchise, Chelsea's coming in, and uh, she's a different type of player. Um, and we're just excited. I think we can't really look into the past. We're kind of looking towards in the future. But I love Mac. I have a ton of respect for Mac, and um, I'm sure that she'll owe me dinner the next time I see her. <laughs> why, why does she get stuck uh, paying the bill? What's the deal with that? I mean, I don't know what she signed on her contract extension, but I think it was uh, I think it was pretty nice. So, yeah, she can definitely get stuck with the bill. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. There you go. There you go. Maybe get some desserts there, too. You know, we know the baker that she is. She still owes me some, some lemon pound cake or some cookies or something like that as well, too. So make, make sure we work that into the deal as well, too, okay? I got you. I'll let, I'll let her know for sure. <laughs> I, I like how all of a sudden you're part of this deal. That's right. You, you, That's you, right. You, you, I said you that she are, owed me. You are so good at sliding. Hiding yourself into other people's meals. No. It's amazing. Okay, but here's the deal. I, I was talking about what she had <laughs> promised me. It was a long-stated thing now, and Plum knows what I'm talking about. Right, right, but then you also threw in there, let, let's make sure that, that that's part of the deal, I too. Did. Like, with her deal, all of a sudden, you're part of the deal. I'm shameless. All right, what can I say? I'm sorry. <laughs> Dang, man. <laughs> we turn off his mic, please, okay? <laughs> Plum, you better come to the defense of me, like, right now, Okay. <laughs> hey, listen, I'm not going to lie. Every interview I heard with you and Kayla, something about dessert got brought up. See, so... there it is. There it is. Outstanding stuff. She is Kelsey Plum. She's a, a food connoisseur, a great shooter, and uh, a great ball handler, and uh, always fun to have her on here. So, Chelsea Gray, you mentioned her. We saw her with uh, the Sparks, uh, a rival, a competitor of the Aces and everything. And Every time I've seen her play, I mean, she is just – She's going after it. I mean, she's a dog on the court. I mean that in a positive way. You know what I mean? So give us, give us your thoughts about her and tell our listeners what to expect from Chelsea Gray as a member of the Aces. Yeah, Chelsea's definitely a com- competitor. I think she loves big moments, uh, which is really cool. Um, you know, she's a bigger guard. She plays the one-two. Um, she can pass like one of the best in the league. Um, Super skilled, but just tough, like a competitor, like you said. So super excited to have someone that, like, really understands. She's won championships before, so she knows what it takes. And um, it's going to be a great addition to our, our team. You know, going back to earlier, talking about the camp there uh, for the Olympic camp and the team, and if Frank asked you about other players, this and that, I want to you expand on that a little bit. Like, is there anyone that really made an impression on you that maybe you really didn't know that well, whether it was play or just the way they carried themselves uh, in this time around that maybe hadn't in the past? Ooh, good question. Um, to be honest, I was kind of focused on myself uh, in terms of, like, you know, it's my first time back on the court and feeling, uh, you know, like fully healthy. And um, I think, if anything, I was just, enjoying it out there. So I wasn't really focused on anyone else, but I mean, if I had to pick someone, um, I think Asia Wilson, I know we, like she's been an MVP and we talk about it, but in, in those settings with the best players in the world and she still finds a way to elevate herself. 
Um, it just kind of shows you how special she is. Who's the biggest trash talker over there besides you? <laughs> I mean, Diana talks the most trash. She wasn't at <laughs> camp this time, but Diana by far takes the cake of the most <laughs> trash talk. There it is. When you saw the statue of Asia there and you looked at that, did you kind of look at each other and think, okay, well, now we got to get one of these here in Vegas after we hoist the trophy? <laughs> I mean, I told her that they didn't uh, get her cankles in the statue, so that was a bonus. <laughs> um, but, no, she she uh, means a lot to that university and that that uh, that uh, city. And so I think that, obviously, if we take care of business, I'm sure that that there will be similar um, things. And maybe, you know, they'll actually add in the realistic cankles this time. Who knows? But um, that would be pretty cool. That would be pretty cool to have. So maybe now the stage has kind of been set there, Asia getting a trophy out there, you know, in, in, in Columbia, South Carolina, where she starred. How about you? I mean, UW's got to get one and start chiseling away and, and uh, made of you out there, don't you think? Should we start that campaign? <laughs> You know that's funny. I uh, I uh, we've talked about it a little bit. I personally wanted to wait a little bit. I wanted to establish, establish myself as a professional and accomplish some goals that I have set for myself. And that will be, I think, there will be a time to come back and do that. But definitely during, not during the pandemic. Okay, fair fair enough. All right. So what would uh, what would the pose be of this statue, or what would it be? You go ahead and go ahead and paint Ooh. the picture for me here. Is it like maybe? Yeah, what is it like? Maybe a behind the back pass uh, there, <laughs> or is it? Are, are, are you uh, you know with, with with that jumper form? Well, you called her the shooting star, so shouldn't it be, you'd think it'd be shooting, oh, right? I know. And, and I know. with all the points she scores, exactly. That's what I'm thinking. So, but you know, again, it, it's, it's her statue, so I want you to have some say in this before I start pitching it to you, Dub. Oh, that's a good. Thank you for that. <laughs> I appreciate that. You know, I. Honestly, I think that it would probably be a shooting thing, yeah. you know. Um, maybe have a braid. I used to wear a braid. Uh, hmm. Kind of what I wore all of college. But, yeah, I was a little chubbier back then, so I'd hope they kind of – I hope they kind of lean me out, you know. They, they can do. they can Photoshop so. it to today. That's right, absolutely. <laughs> okay. Like yeah, if you if you talk to them, just let them know that I'd like to lean, like give me a more of a bicep and like lean me out a little bit. Yes, okay. We we yeah. Don't take any of those old UW, you know, Washington, uh, you know, you know, photos. Let's uh. Let's, let's let's clear it up a little bit there. That's that's good. I like that. The, plot. the, the lean, mean shooting machine. There she is. <laughs> See, there you go. Yeah, the lefty too. You know, the left hand has got to be dominant and prevalent in that statue. I think so. That's. I can see that. All right, Kelsey Plum joined us. I understand, okay, uh, UFC 258. You were watching it the other night. Heard your tweeting out. I mean, give us a UFC update. Oh yeah. Uh, so that was my. That was one of the fights I matched. Uh, Oh, that's right, Rocha the matchmaker. That's right, the matchmaker yeah. in the house. I forget. All right. <laughs> yeah, so I was just watching that supporting. Uh, what a great fight. Um, man, it's just, it's just so intense, you know. You just can't take your eye away from it. Um, I don't know if you watched it, but uh, the, yes, I did. the yeah. intensity leading up, and I knew a couple of the other fighters in the other fights. Um, so I was just kind of, you know, trying to support them and stuff like that. So it was cool. All right, good stuff there. All right, so we got a new season, new teammates, new owner, new facility. 
So Mark Davis, owner of the Raiders, stepping up, as you well know, uh, just he loves the Aces, season ticket holder, always there at half court cheering the team on. And uh, he buys the team. He comes out and says, you know, we're going to build a new facility. It's going to be in Henderson next to the Raiders facility. How exciting is this to hear this news all happen within the last few weeks? Oh, it's pretty special. I think just having um, someone that really believes in us and understands the power of putting women in positions to be successful, especially in sports. And um, I know he made a statement that said, you know, women are the future. And I just thought that was really cool. So I'm, I'm grateful to be a part of something that's kind of bigger than myself. And um, I know that we're going to do great things. So, you know, with great things come great leadership. And that's him. When you would be at the games and you would look into the crowd and you would see Mark Davis there, did you kind of have a feeling that maybe something was brewing there because this wasn't just an owner of another team in Vegas that was supporting another team in Vegas, but this was actually a fan of the sport and of the team? Oh, for sure. If you've seen Mark at games, he's super into it. He's very um, like excited to be there, and you know he he was always talking to me like, "Come on, Plum! Like we need to stop!" Like he would always <laughs> say stuff, and I just love that he was so into it. And so uh, I think that's what you want. You want someone that cares about your players and your franchise and wants the best for them and is going to give them the best resources possible. So um, I think there was always a possibility, but it's really cool that it's come to fruition. And Plum, think about how this is all you know transpired here. I mean, you're coming out of college. You you go to the WNBA. This franchise was in San Antonio. It was probably at one of the all time lows. And then the MGM purchases it, moves to Vegas. You get Bill Lambeer. You're involved with you know probably one of the best arenas in all of the WNBA at the Mandalay Bay. And all of a sudden, you've got like what four number one draft picks on your team. This thing is building, and now you are owned by the owner of the Las Vegas Raiders, and not just the Las Vegas Raiders, but the the Davis family going back to Oakland and Los Angeles and everything of that nature. I mean, all of this coming together now. Oh, on top of it, you're going to get a 50,000-square-foot facility worth millions of dollars, state-of-the-art. Seriously, this is unlike any other WNBA franchise. It really is, and I think that that was always the mission for Las Vegas to set a new standard in the WNBA, and they've done it. And, um, you know, good luck to people that can try to catch up. Yeah, there you go. All right, girl. We appreciate uh, the time as always here. Uh, let's we'll continue to catch up and everything, and uh, hopefully, like I said, we'll uh, we'll see you on the court very very soon. Glad to hear that you're rehabbing fine and uh, looking to to get back on the court and for fans to see you guys at the Mandalay Bay. Thanks, TC. Have a good one. You're right. Take care. There she is, Kelsey Plum, the shooting star. There you go. A little bad company making Frank happy today. I agree. This this is one of the best songs that Bad Company ever did. Yeah, Bad Co. I, I, I mean, I like a lot of their stuff, but yeah, this was definitely uh, this is a good song. Kelsey Plum, again, I always say it, one of my favorites. I mean, how can you not enjoy her personality? And when you watch her play, it's infectious. Uh, WNBA season cannot get here fast enough. I know for a lot of fans, including myself, I I want to see them get back on the floor. Like you said, bring fans back into the Mandalay Bay. And uh, let's get it going because I'm with you. I'm saying that the Aces could be that first team to have a parade in this town. 
Yeah, I also like the honesty about uh, if I get a statue at UW, I want the Kelsey Plum 2.0 of today. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit leaner in that, so, uh, you oh. know. But which doesn't totally surprise me because, you know, last night when they were asking Serena about her working out and that kind of stuff, I don't know if you saw the outfit she was wearing. Yeah. She said yeah. I had to work out because I had an outfit an outfit that I would look really bad in if I wasn't in right. shape. So I worked out. So, yeah, that, that does mean something to him. Speaking of shooting stars, coming up next, Tracy Murray, the UCLA, the NBA sharpshooter galore. He's going to join us as we talk some NBA, some college hoops, and a whole lot more coming your way. It is the T.C. Martin Show. Terrible Tuesday. VGK Frank and you, don't you dare go anywhere.